I think just based on the initial research that I did, I'm finding that communities are inspired to adopt sustainable practices when they feel supported and also when the adaptations are easy to use and the product or service satisfies their needs. And so, I mean, relating back to like brands and businesses, this could be something that business owners use as a lens to connect and build trust with their audience, right? Because you, your customer at the end of the day wants to feel that support. Hi everyone, and welcome to Inner Wealth, the Forbes Ignite podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Kakal, CEO of Forbes Ignite. And every week I'll be sharing with you my conversations with unique, creative, and innovative people across all different industries. These are people who are intellectually curious explorers who are also redefining what it means to be successful today. From personal to professional, we cover it all to understand what drives our guests to blaze their own trails and create nimble solutions within the industries that touch each of our lives. Our guest today is Susie Gamboa, a conscious brand strategist who uses the power of design and marketing to help purpose-driven brands deepen their impact. She started her journey as a brand strategist from turning her side hustle into something that she is passionate about. We talk about Susie's entrepreneurial journey, overcoming imposter syndrome, and helping brands shine. I know you're gonna love what she has to say. Here's our chat. Hey, Susie, how's it going? Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Nicole. And thank you for creating this wonderful space to have such uh, inspiring conversations. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we had some great conversations previously, uh, prior to today. And I just had to tell your story because you're doing such incredible work that I feel like the whole world should know about. And so I know you're incredibly busy, but I'd like to start off with what have you been up to lately? Yeah, sure. So um, for the better part of the summer, I've been building out these WordPress website templates through our studio, um, which is a studio for change makers and purpose driven brands. And I'm also working on a design thinking certification. So I've, I've been like in the thick of that as well. And then on a more personal note, I'm playing soccer again. Nice. So I'm trying to like find that balance, you know, <laughs> between work and play. And so that's been that's brought me a lot of joy as well, even though it's a little hot here in Austin, but fine. <laughs> oh, I hear you. It's definitely hot here in Atlanta too. So we, sh- we have that in common. And I love to hear about the design thinking certification. I feel like it's such an amazing tool for people to use and for people to get familiarized with, even if they don't follow all the steps directly with how they're usually taught. I feel like design thinking is meant to be broken and put back together again and to be as creative as possible. So I'm a huge believer in that. So tell us about your story. What was your personal and professional journey to where you are today? (laughs) Sure. Okay. So I love this question. My journey hasn't been linear. Um, There's been a lot of twists and turns, definitely like along the way. So growing up in a Mexican-American family, my grandpa encouraged me to study the sciences, specifically medicine. And he really, really wanted me to be a doctor. So When I graduated college, I worked as a toxicology analyst in a pain management practice while I figured out like what my next educational move would be. Um, Honestly, I think I was just like buying time (laughs) because I had like no idea. Um, But I definitely knew like med school wasn't for me and I didn't see myself doing research. So in the end, I just like decided that I was going to pursue a grad program based off my passion for environmental sustainability. It was like super absurd to my family but (laughs) it all made sense to me it like completely made sense to me because I was a like an avid recycler growing up 
I experimented with a lot of DIY and zero waste concoctions like early on. And then really, I just like cared a lot about nature and the environment. And so it just seemed like the right path for me. And then like my interest for design came at a later time during an internship with the city of El Paso office of resilience and sustainability. So I was like really used to writing scientific papers and doing research. And so Imagine like my surprise when I was tasked with social media and event signage. I was just like, what? How am I going to do this? But um, I'll also note that my chief sustainability officer or like the the chief sustainability officer of the office uh, planted the branding seed before I even knew that that's what I'd be doing today because it was like really important to her that we build a name, a name and a reputation for the office. So everything that was created, like all the material had to be on brand. And I just like loved that internship a lot because it challenged me to think creatively about ways that I could educate the community on sustainability. And I just like crave that mix between creativity and environmental science in a career. But at the time, like I don't, I mean, I didn't come across much in, you know, in my area, like in Austin with that, with that type of work. And so after like searching and job hopping, I just decided to go off on my own and start my entrepreneurial journey. That's incredible. So what inspired you to venture off on your own? And who are some of your role models? (laughs) What inspired me? Honestly, I just, I was so passionate about the work that I was doing outside of the nine to five. And so I don't know, like, I, I don't know if it was just this craving for something better, like a better use of my skills or what it was that really inspired me. But I think some of my role models would be definitely my mom, because she's just this well of creativity. In in the work that she does, she just always has this creative piece. And so I always, I don't know, I just kind of always felt that I had a, you know, creative knack. And I always had these outlets, but I just didn't know that this was like the type of work that I could do as well. So no, absolutely. And I, I can tell that there is this narrative arc in your story, where basically you were exposed to a lot of really creative pathways to be able to work on sustainability, work in environmentalism, and do that in such a way where you were able to exercise your creative muscles. And so I think that's really inspiring to a lot of people who want to follow their passion. And and for you, it was more or less following your calling. You, you <laughs> fell into it and it was something that you actively pursued because you knew that was right for you. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think that for a long time, I just had this idea that it was, you know, buckets, either you're creative or you're sciencey. You don't straddle both worlds, right? And so I always lumped myself in that science bucket until I realized, wait, I'm not, that's not my bucket. You know, it's like, it's being in that middle part that I really love and thrive in. So, yeah. yeah. You're interdisciplinary, which is yeah. something I really <laughs> admire about a lot of different people and a lot of the skill sets that they bring to bear. So yeah, that, that's what I would consider that. Not having to put yourself in either bucket, but really just being interdisciplinary. What are some of the initiatives that you're most proud of? Um, so one, so I have two. One initiative is during my time working for Engineers for a Sustainable World. We did a partnership with Great China. And so I was, I was the project director for them. And we did this 10-day camp in, in Chengdu, China. And we were teaching like sustainability to students there. And then at the end of the 10-day camp, they were asked to present a problem and then a solution to the problem. And they had been working on their projects for a couple of months. I want to say like five months. And 
it was more of a competition as they were asked to engage with stakeholders and, you know, be boots on the ground, find out what exactly was needed in, in, um, in, in the community. And so that was, that was really fun to be a part of. I mostly like just oversaw the program and then oversaw the competition, but I think it just opened my eyes to, you know, different ways that we approach sustainability. Like there's no one solution. And, and then also through the studio, like creating the WordPress website templates. And so this is, this is our way of providing a more affordable option so that, you know, people that are in the climate space or wanting to be climate entrepreneurs can craft a strong digital presence early on in their, in their entrepreneurship or business. And that is so incredibly important because especially if you are working within climate action or within the sustainability space, you want to focus on the mission. And it's very, very often that there is less attention that's being paid to the branding or the marketing side, which is equally as important in in a lot of cases, unfortunately, as much as we like to not think about it. It's a huge necessity. So it's really important what you're doing. And I'm curious, with the sustainability program that you were doing in China, what, what were some of the tools that you were teaching the students? So definitely, pro- so at the time it was project management and then having some more presentation and then just thinking. So one of the big things was not operating in silos. That was the, the message we were trying to drive home and, you know, just coming up with these solutions. It's kind of funny thinking now about design thinking, but like coming up with these solutions, they're all in, mostly all engineers. So like coming up with the solutions that actually made sense for the communities that they were talking to was big. So tell us about your career shift as a female entrepreneur and what are some of the challenges that you overcame? Oof. So I faced a lot of imposter syndrome throughout my career. And I would say that... <laughs> I still face a lot of imposter syndrome, but I did have, it's so funny because I did have this, maybe not as funny, but I had this saying that I would always say at interviews, it's what I lack in experience I make up for in hard work. And I like took that so like, like it was like a thing where I'm like, yes, I have the grit and I have everything to, you know, get this job done. But I think that at some point I had the experience, right? And I just always had to work hard to like prove that I was confident. And so that was hard, especially in the sciences and engineering spaces that are, I would say like largely, I mean, at least at the time, largely dominated by male males. And so I, like I said, I still face a lot of imposter syndrome, but I think now I just have tools to better manage and really strong support systems. And, and then like, it's, it's funny, like there was this, like when I, when I shift into entrepreneurship, there was that like fear of failure that kicked in early on and you know I just I don't know I was just worried that you know the people that were like why are you doing this would be like I told you so right <laughs> I told you this would be uh, this is a terrible idea and so um I think for that it was just like shifting into like being being supported by people who also supported my dreams and aspirations and those were the people that were in my corner when I like felt a lot of doubt so absolutely and I feel like not a lot of people talk about that. And it's so important for us to share what we do to overcome that imposter syndrome because everyone experiences it. Even some of the most famous actors and actresses, for instance, they experience imposter syndrome even after decades and decades of making wonderful movies and creating their art. And I just think it's so it's so ironic that some of the most capable people in the world face imposter syndrome. And I think what you just said is extremely important because 
what we need to do is find our tribes, find our support systems that really allow us to, to function at our highest potential. So thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah, of course. And how do you elevate the impact of the companies that you work with? I know you work a lot within marketing and branding, but how do you elevate their impact that way? So I, yeah, so like you were saying, I partner with sustainable brands to elevate their brand ecosystem. And this is through value-driven strategy and design. And so we do this through a four-part framework that unearths your business unique purpose, core values, and vision and then identifies the symbiotic relationships that you have with your audience. It also evaluates your environmental impact and then reflects all of that foundational work to the outer world. So that's, you know, the visual communication or the messaging and all that. Talk to us a little bit about your work in both design and innovation and how are you able to combine the two? For design and innovation, I think that's like relatively new for me, but I would say that just as I mentioned earlier, talking more about design thinking and and that topic. So my topic for my course is how might we inspire communities to adopt sustainable practices for a more sustainable world? Not a shocker, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Love the challenge question. I love it. (laughs) But it's, it's a big question, right? And so, yeah, that's really important. But then also, um, there's a lot of buzz around regenerative brands, right? Or regenerative business models. Are you, have you heard more about, about that? Well, for the listeners who don't know so much about regenerative brands, tell us more about that. Yeah, sure. So it, so essentially like regenerative brands help restore our planet. And there, it's a difference between regeneration and sustainability is that regeneration at, um, actively restores the abundance of the world around us. And sustainability only looks to maintain the current balance that we have right now. And seeing as like our world is (laughs) unbalanced, right, at the moment, given like the latest IPCC reports, there's plenty of room for like businesses to provide innovative services and solutions. And so, I don't know, I think that that's really exciting, especially when it comes to design thinking we were speaking about earlier. That's the whole, I think that's the whole premise of it, right? Is just to come up, like innovate and, you know, come up with like really cool ideas that can promote change and provide a positive impact. I love that. I just learned that term from you. And I learned another term <laughs> in our last conversation. You you mentioned the term eco, ecopreneurs. Am I I love that. I've never heard of that before, but it makes perfect sense. So tell me about your work with the ecopreneurs. Yeah, so so a lot of my work within um, ecopreneurs has is through the studio, so through Sam Breath Studio, and um, ecopreneurs. So, so that's someone who just, I guess, their their core values are environmental stewardship, and so a lot of their business model is pretty much based off of that. Um, we do, we've done branding and identity for them. In, in that space and then recently are shifting into those um, WordPress website templates and um, and websites. So I partner with a copywriter and um, that's a huge piece of our work. We like to say that visuals and, and words, you know, provide like a synergistic relationship with each other and that's what we do within the studio. We, we um, elevate your online presence through a copy and through, through a web design. And speaking of words and visuals, in order to be able to visualize something, you need to have the particular copy or the words that enable that. And so I'm going back to the challenge question, going back to design thinking. For those who don't know what a challenge question is, why is it so important and what is it? 
Ooh, so a challenge question is a, a way to like reframe, I think, the problem that you're having. And so I think essentially like how I, how I understand it is that if you can put how might we insert whatever your problem is, then you can come up with solutions to that problem. But having that question at the beginning or, you know, having that question formulated helps you like stay focused and, and, you know, stay on like, okay, like this is, this is what we're trying to solve here. Yeah. To me, I always think of it like, it's like a Goldilocks type of situation where it's not too broad, not too narrow. It's just right in order to find solutions to a particular challenge. So I love the whole process of doing that. And I'm really glad that you brought it up in this conversation as well. And I'm going back to your work with ecopreneurs, people who are very dedicated to environmentalism and even the climate space. We hear so much negativity in the climate space, and it's so easy to perpetuate that kind of messaging. So how are you spreading the message of positivity to inspire collective impact with the clients that you serve? Oh, man, that's a that's a hard one. Honestly, I think I totally agree with you that there is a lot of negativity in the climate space. And I would even go as far to say that a lot of the disconnect came from, you know, perpetuating that fear and doom, that climate doom. But what I found is that climate doom does more for eco anxiety than it does for actual action. So I'd say like spreading the message of positivity comes when you're educating your audience about the problem specific to your service or product. And then also just being really authentic with the core values of your brand. We are seeing a lot more greenwashing. You know, that's where even marketing used <laughs> effectively, but not for not necessarily for good. And so I think just when you when you do stay within your core values you can come up with ways to spread positivity and innovation through your own unique lens or, or your own unique business model. So, Yeah, that's so important. And I think anyone in the audience who's listening should really take note of that because marketing is so powerful. And I'm not, a, I'm not typically a, a marketing person and I don't typically wear that hat in my organization, but you know, at a startup, all hands on deck, you, you pretty much have yeah. to touch everything in the organization, but specifically with marketing, I never really had that much of an, an appreciation for it because of the greenwashing, the impact washing. And so I always thought it was the culprit, but when you flip it on its head and you think of it on the flip side, marketing is so powerful and it has the ability to influence people for good for good causes. And I think um, whether it's philanthropy or whether it's for a social enterprise, for example, that's some really powerful stuff. So kudos to you for the work that you do. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, totally. Everything, just like what you were saying, it does have this power. You can use the same tools, right? But just on the opposite end to provide positive impact. So yeah. Exactly. So what would you say to listeners who are interested in starting their own social venture like you have? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> and, and let me be your hype woman. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I would say that there's just so much space for innovative solutions. You know, don't think that I don't, I don't know. I just feel like people get really nervous about starting something, you know, but if, if you feel it, like if you intuitively feel that urge to start something, I would say just start and it could be messy. It could, you know, as long as you take some type of action, like you'll just continue moving forward. And I wish I would have taken my own advice a long time ago. <laughs> Actually, probably still need to take my own advice, but um, I think for those who are more interested in contributing 
to climate solutions, there's a really good tool by Dr. Ayana Elizabeth Johnson. And it's called, it's called the Venn Diagram, the Climate Action Venn Diagram. And it's, it asks you to reflect on what you're good at, what work needs doing, and then what brings you joy to identify like the role that you can play in this work. And so I find that tool like super helpful just to kind of see like where, you know, how, how you can contribute to the change. I love that. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, she, she does great work. I think if you haven't already, she, she's awesome. Yeah. So I ask this question to every single one of my guests on the podcast. How do you define success? It's a feeling, right? Of fulfillment and abundance in my life. I think in my professional work, that means doing work that feels aligned and supporting business owners who care about people and planet. Ultimately, a big vision is I'd love to see more people shift into this people, planet, profit, purpose, you know, business models, and, and that to just really become the status quo. But in my personal life, it just means intentional rest and joy. I like to nourish my creativity personally through travel, really long dinner conversations with family and friends and being out in nature. So I, I want more of that, like, or I crave more of that balance, you know, so, yeah. And so what would you say to listeners who want to support your cause and your mission? Well, they can check us out. They can, you can go to either my website, Suzanne Gamboa or Siembra Studios and take a look there. Wonderful. Well, Susie, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you. And I learned quite a bit in this conversation. So thank you so much for taking the time. And I can't wait to do this again. Yeah, thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode of Inner Wealth. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and that you'll join us next week as we continue to explore all the ways success is being redefined in our ever-changing world. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your favorite podcast app and follow us on Instagram at Forbes Ignite for more thought-provoking content and opportunities to engage with us. I'm your host, Nicole Kakal. Thanks for joining us.